Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Look, it's not your team. It's you. Welcome in, everybody, to another edition of It Is Not Your Team. It is you here on the Believe Podcast Network in the year 2021. National Championship game is over, season done. But we have a ton to talk about. I'm your host, Tyler Coe. And I'm your host, Haley Graves. And of course, guys, this show is brought to you by betonline.ag, as well as Just Live Today. We're going to tell you more about them later on in the show. But uh, Haley, college football uh, is done. National championship wrapped up. I'm not sure how we all feel about it, but at least we still have the playoffs uh, coming yeah. in pro football. Super Bowl just right around the corner. So if you want to get in on that action, you know where to go. Betonline.ag. They have the best game spreads, totals from team player and coaching props. Uh, they have the online casino open 24-7. So head on over to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that is betonline.ag and sign up today. Uh, today, we are going to be talking about a ton, recapping the title game, recapping the season, you know, what our thoughts are going forward uh, into college football next year. I hear that you might have a rant or two, Miss Graves. I just got a couple up my sleeve. I got some thoughts based on, I got some thoughts based on the national championship game. Well, let's start there. Let's get your thoughts on the national championship game. Uh, Obviously Alabama did what most of us thought they were going to do. They did it to Ohio state in a very similar fashion to a team that you're near and dear to. Um, And it was, it was kind of a (laughs) kind of game. It was the exact game I expected to happen. You know, it was funny. My oldest brother He's 14 years older than me, but he's really the one that I give a lot of my credit towards loving football. And he actually called me the morning. I mean, early as hell on the West Coast. He calls me at like 738 in the morning and I'm thinking something happened, you know, getting a phone call that early. And (laughs) oh, no, he's just calling because he said he prefaces the call saying, you are one of the only people, if not the only woman that I will ever talk sports with and actually care about their opinion. So I want to know what you think about the game tonight. And I laid it out there, told him there's no chance in hell that Ohio State was going to win that game. As I mentioned last week, and as I've been pretty hard on the past couple weeks, that this was Alabama's for the taking. And that's exactly what happened. And in very fitting fashion for all of you out there, in case you need a reminder, the final score was 52-24, which happened to be the exact same score that Texas A&M suffered to Alabama in week two of this season. But I won't go there quite yet. All I will say is that it was a great blessing to see Clemson, Ohio State, and Notre Dame get whapped in the college football playoff, not even look like they showed up. And for Texas A&M to have the victory that they did, munching on oranges, having a blast, that's that you want to finish the season. So I guess I can't be too terribly upset. Just thought it was a little ironic. I, I think the Aggies, and I mean this from the bottom of my Longhorn heart, finished the season the way that you actually wanted to. Yes. You didn't actually want to go to the playoffs because I, I think that that score that Ohio State suffered and that AM suffered in week two would have been right. similar. I, I, I know we talked about this last week that hyperbole is kind of the word for college football. We, yep. we, we, we use it all the time. That was the greatest game. Oh, the greatest player. What Mac Jones said on the stage, though, that this is the greatest team of all time. Some people raise their finger, but then you go look at the stats and what this team did against an all-SEC right. schedule in a year of the pandemic where they had no issues with yes. COVID. Nick Saban had some issues. We know that. 
it's hard to argue that Alabama might – this team was one of the greatest teams of all time. It's just well, ridiculous what we saw this year. And, and you really started to have to raise your eyebrows when, you know, people – I in the first half, I tweeted out asking if what Devonta Smith was doing was oh the best God. individual performance we'd ever seen in a title game. And it was fun getting people's responses, you know. Um, but overall, what he was doing to Ohio State was effortless. 12 receptions, 215 yards, and three touchdowns in one half. And to still win the MVP of the game despite not even playing a second half – not only is that embarrassing for Ohio State, but that is just a tremendous accomplishment for what this Alabama team is. And, you know, people started responding saying, well, don't forget what Joe did last year. And I'm not taking away from what Joe Burrow did last year. The difference being Mac Jones actually had better numbers than Joe Burrow's performance last year. This Alabama team put up more points. This was a more impressive overall win. So if you want to split apples and apples, I'm going with this 2020 team being one of the best teams to ever, ever exist. And that's kind of the victory right there, Bama fans. And, and I don't want to like give Bama fans anything more. You guys have enough right. to last a lifetime, but it is amazing for what you said right there. Last year, all of us just in awe of what Burrow and the Tigers were able to do from an offensive standpoint, saying we're never going to see this again. We're never going right. to see an offense execute like this right. ever again. And Nick Saban's over there thinking, I don't like this attention on LSU. I don't like it at all. I don't like it one bit. So right. what I'm going to do is I'm going to create the greatest offense, even better than <laughs> yours. And he did it. Um, it's, it was amazing to see. Yep. It's just crazy that he's won seven national titles. He is without a doubt the greatest coach of all time. He was, yep. win or lose this game, it doesn't matter. He was, he's the greatest college football coach of all time. But I'm just, it's, it's crazy. Alabama is an unbelievable dynasty. It is nuts. I will say the only part of this national championship where I was disappointed because don't get me wrong I was loathing like I was I was just all all happy happiness all around for what was happening because it just made me feel good to see that result happen to our state like hey Big Ten that's your champion be proud you bended the rules for that um but regardless to that being said I was bored in the second half I was very bummed that Devonta Smith didn't come back in. I mean, that whole first half was entertaining because I was on the edge of my seat wanting to see what else he could do, wanting to see if he was going to get another touchdown. I mean, he made Sean Wade look so foolish on that field that I felt bad for the guy. And the second half, it just wasn't the same juice. Alabama didn't bring it as hard. I mean, the game was 52 to 24 with eight minutes to go in the third quarter. Yeah, it was um, – well, it's, it, I agree with you. I, it was the most boring game, and I, that's just not an opinion. It's fact because uh, ESPN released that it is the least-watched game of the BCS and college football playoff era ever. Nobody cared. Everybody like you tuned out in that second half. I, I was the same. I'm like, I'm over it. But I think, uh, you know, when we're talking about Sean Wade, he did get embarrassed in that Ohio State defense. I think a lot of us were watching this game and having watched Buckeyes football and having watched Alabama football this year, you knew with Alabama you had to take away one of the monsters. For whatever reason, Ohio State was like, we choose Najee. We're going to put four linebackers out there every play, and we're going to yeah. put uh, uh, Borland on Devontae Smith. If right. I'm an Ohio State defender, I'm looking at my D.C. saying, you guys just left us out to dry. What the hell is wrong with y'all? We should guard the Heisman winner? That's just me, but I don't know. Right, and I think, I think at the end of all of this, though, going into the fact that 
we had the least amount of viewers ever. I think that's because people had their own opinions, whether college football should have happened this year. Mm-hmm. People had their own opinions and tuned out once their team was no longer a contender for anything. And, and people were tired of Alabama making it to the top. You didn't even have to tune into that game. And you would have known that Alabama football was going to take it away. I mean, you could know nothing about college football and know that Alabama is going to win that game. So, and, and I think another big part of it too, was people were just at their homes for the most part, you know, so that factor of people going out and watching the game aside from Tuscaloosa, don't know if you saw those videos, they said COVID is not existing Hmm. anyways. But with that being said, you know, I think we have learned this year, a lot of things about college football. And I really hope that it is a turning point into an evolution you know we started to evolve with the name and likeness stuff with college football and then we saw these players standing up and using their voices this summer so this entire 2020 season i hope it continues to evolve in the fact that college football is broken i mean broken badly and i'll get to what i really mean by that here in a little bit but one of the rules that i really hope that we also address this off season is this targeting penalty you know we yes, saw it happen with battle we've talked about it I felt so bad for the guy. He's just trying to make a big play and it was so bang, bang. He was going for the ball and he has a big tight end. But unfortunately, a moment that you worked your entire career for, your entire life for up until that point is taken away in a matter of seconds. I genuinely think that rule needs to be altered. Should it be a penalty? Absolutely. Make the penalty larger. Sure. But does a player deserve to be ejected from the game? I don't think so. I completely agree. I think that has got to be one of the biggest talking points going forward because I agree with Battle the same way that I I disagreed with James Skalski this year and last, the same way that I disagreed with Sean Wade getting ejected last year against Clemson. You're right. It needs to be a penalty, but you cannot be ejecting these kids when, like, you just – God, you break it down in the sentence, Haley. They're just – we as a society are asking these players who – work and live in bodies of gods to make nanosecond decisions to appease us. It is impossible for James Skalski to know that Justin Fields was going to turn the way he did to hit him where he did and get targeted. It's what is battle supposed to do against like a, the guy looks like a six, eight tight end. He's just going for making a football move. Right. There needs to be a bigger discussion about that. You have a bunch of people who want safe football, which is great, but it's also people that don't really get football. There needs to be a meeting of the two. Right. And I think that comes down to harsher penalties in the game and in the moment, not penalizing a player past the moment. And that's what you do by ejecting him from the game. And, you know, even I want to say it was uh, Kirk Herbstreit said it best on the broadcast. He said, maybe it was Reese Davis, one of the two, said, you know, those highlights like that moment, that play, that's what SportsCenter lived off of years and years ago. And how far the game of football has moved away from that, you know, even we're not an NFL show, but you see even roughing the passer calls in the NFL. I mean, absurdity. And it's, it's just one of those things that this is a rule that needs to be addressed. It doesn't need to be taken away. I'm all for safety and player safety and that being at the forefront. But at the same time, that rule just needs to be addressed. It does. And we need to talk about who uh, is getting penalized because I, for right. right or wrong, the discussion also needs to be had is that when we're talking about a running back, Haley, let's take a running back as an example. Yeah. What do we always tell a running back to do when he hits that second level? 
Lower that shoulder. Shoulder. Lower what the follows your sh- What follows your shoulder? Your head. <laughs> yeah. If you leave your head up while your shoulder's lowered, you're going to get your neck taken off. <laughs> exactly. So we're teaching offensive players to use their head and use right. their helmet. We've been doing that forever, but they are not uh, up for any targeting penalties ever. Right. So right. we need to have a – this is not – like you said, this is a bad rule that needs to be changed. It needs to be there to keep players safe. But, man, I, I hope, like you, they need to change that along with some other things this season. But, yep. um, you know, as we kind of get into next year, because um, I thought you did a good wrap-up on what the season was, I still think at the end of the day, Haley, I, I wish we hadn't played college football. I'm really glad we got it. Right. And I think um, it, it showed it showed people – that need to make the decisions or that can make the decisions, the big boys at the top, the money at the top, how these players really need to get away from us calling them student athletes. These players sacrificed everything to go away from their homes, not see mom and dad, basically live in a bubble, try and not give the disease to everybody else, try and play football for all of us, for you and me and everybody who loves it. For our entertainment. For free and arguably the worst year in American history. And they did yeah. it for nothing. That's unbelievable. And they handled COVID, dare I say, better than 90% of Americans. They did it with class. Right. They did it the right way. And these are some of, with all due respect, some of the dumbest people in our country. When you're 18 to 21 years old, you're, you're, you're learning. You're not that bright. You're still doing dumb stuff. And it was shocking to me, you know, Saban talking about it last night during the title game. If you look at Alabama not missing any games, never having an outbreak on their campus, handling right. their business the right way. They set an unbelievable precedent. And these kids who are athletes, not student athletes, they're athletes for our entertainment. They need to be compensated for the work that they do. For us, it's work. It's the only business in this country that nobody gets paid for the work that they do. Right. And I mean, you know, we even saw it was really a tale of two stories. Monday night, like you just mentioned, an Alabama team who did not have an outbreak, who did not lose a game, who did not have a misstep this entire season and we saw the fruition of that we saw what culture accountability and a strong foundation does for a program and we saw that come through to the end whereas on the flip side ohio state who did have players important players missing this game because they could never get covid under control they missed games they had rules bended for them basically they were cheaters Sorry, gonna put, just going to call them that. I'm going to be immature and call Ohio State a bunch of cheaters because that's how they got to the college football playoff and the result was what it was. I, w- I will call the Big Ten. The Big Ten definitely, with that, whatever you want to call them, you want to call them cheaters, you want to call them scoundrels, um, two-faced scoundrels, uh, I like people, that word too. whatever. You, you know, I feel like you got to stick with those old school terms. They're really like inhibitors. They, are, they, they have egg on their face no matter how you split it or what you right. call them at the end of this year, period. They are the laughing stock of college football, but there's also anger underneath that because the entire – you and I will always carry this. We're going to be like those two old historians to yes. make sure people get it right. The only reason we did conference-only football was because of the Big Ten, to yep. appease them. It was their damn idea, and then they took it away and they didn't want to do it anymore. I've, I've said this multiple times, Big Ten, I will never forgive you. I don't think a lot never of people are. I, I wonder if there's some, you know, loyalists in the Big Ten, like Nebraska, that kind of turned the eye being like, you really sacrificed me for nothing, didn't you, yes. Ohio State? Yes. I'm the same over here, right, Illinois, Rutgers? Like, all of these schools played for them, played for the King. It's yes. unbelievable. Yes, they absolutely did. Well, I mean... 
from what this season has given us, which is a new distaste for the Big Ten and hopefully a bright future in college football, uh, we're going to look ahead. And I think, you know, we can kind of discuss what everybody's doing right now. It's the favorite thing to do the moment after the title game is over. It's a tradition like any other is the way too early top 25 for next season. Oh, Joel Klatt didn't even wait for the game to be over. Neither, in fairness, did Brett McMurphy. But Joel Klatt, his beloved Buckeyes, beloved Big Ten, midway through that third quarter, he decides to put out his way-too-early top ten for 2020 Well, to, in and Joel's it, fairness, the game was over. So Right, right. Yeah, so why not? You know, let's, let's stir the pot because nothing else was going to be stirred in that national championship game. And I just have to say, flat out was disrespectful as an Aggie fan so I see this right people first of all he has Georgia at number one which really raised my eyebrows it I did Georgia at number Georgia. one in oh, his top, yeah. for next year for next year for next year based on what JT Daniels bottom line that's all I can come up with they lost they to have... a team that threw a shoe <laughs> yes oh but my God. Joel what are we doing man yeah okay. so he had Georgia at number one which did raise my eyebrows but then the remaining nine spots just got my blood boiling. And as you can assume, Texas A&M was left off his top 10. And while the Aggies are losing Kellen Mond and some key starters on offense, specifically the offensive line, they still have players coming back. They still, dare I say it, one of the best skill core in the country coming back. And, you know, I was like, I'm not going to completely let Joel – Blood, boil my blood. And then I started looking. I looked up Brett McMurphy's Sports Illustrated, ESPN's Mark Schlaubach, CBS's Dennis Dodd, Athlon Sports, Bleacher Report, and more. I was like, let's see where they have AM. Every single one of those outlets had Texas AM in their top 10. So you cannot tell me that this wasn't personal by Joel Klatt leaving off Texas AM and doing it to just get Aggie Twitter all riled up. And to get his freaking opinion out there, because it's just, it's madness. You know, going back to the Georgia thing, I thought that that was a head scratcher. But no, every other outlet across the board also had Georgia in their top four. So then I'm just like, okay, sure, everyone sees it. What, Joel, you leaving A&M off is just disrespect. You're disrespecting the program blatantly at this point and just trying to get Aggie Twitter riled up. And I promise you, Aggie Twitter is not a place that you want to mess with. Well, you're getting riled up right now, so it's working. He's doing yes, what it he did. wants. Because give me, give me rationale to what Joel Klatt sees about Texas A&M football that is going to be so bad next year that every other major outlet besides him sees that he doesn't see. Like, it just it doesn't make sense. Aggies had a big year. They want the recognition, and they want yes. it to happen. I get it. I Even would. Kirk Herbstreet, who all season long, that man stayed, had his foot in the ground. He was not moving. Oh, yeah. He said, A&M is not a good football team. I said what I said. But then he at least came around, you know, after their bowl win, gave them a shout out, tipped his hat, gave them kudos, whatever. But Joel Klatt over here is still like, Tex A&M, no goodness will come out of my mouth about that program. I mean, they're losing Kellen Mons, you know, that hurts. Because Kellen, because, okay, Kellen Mond, great quarterback, was very much a establishing point in who Texas A&M could be. I am not worried about Texas A&M at the quarterback position moving on from Kellen Mond. I'll put I'm it I'm not that either. Way. I'm playing devil's advocate, but I have to. Offensive line, you're losing like two or three guys up there. 
That was your strength? Which, and I, which I addressed. I said, yes, like we are losing offensive linemen, but that's not enough to take a team that finished four, number four in the country and not put them in your top 10. It's not. Bottom line, it's not. You know what's really – I would save your anger for later in the year because I, I have a prediction of what's going to happen. Um, Texas will be ranked higher than Texas A&M. Winning comes in all shapes and sizes. It's different for you. It's different for me. One thing is certain. Every day there's an opportunity to win. Just like scratchers from the Virginia Lottery. Every day grab and go. Every day giftable. Every day fun. The new lucky number scratcher from the Virginia Lottery. 32 chances to win $500,000 plus four bonus games. Stop by your closest retailer and check it out. For odds and more information, visit VALottery.com. No, well, you will love this one. You will love this one. Brett McMurphy, that was a head scratcher for me. Brett McMurphy had Texas at number eight. He was the only one. It's already started. It's already started. He was the only one. And in fairness, his was the first one that I watched. I want to say he did it. I think he released his at the beginning of the national championship. So I looked. And yes, he has Texas at number eight. And I was just like, oh, buddy. And he was the only one go. of all the major outlets. He was the only one to put Texas up there. So Watch that. Watch that. The Texas Longhorns, uh, uh, Pete Thamel put it best. And I saved this. He does it. He, he nailed <laughs> what Texas football is. He said, hope is free. And Texas corners the market on it for eight months. Because Texas is all about Sark. Apparently, we've always been about Sark. We're lighting up <laughs> hotels for Sark. We're flying them in on private jets. We're doing this and that. Ooh, that was Sark that coached that national football team. Texas is going to be top 10 in every poll with nothing to show for it. And it's beautiful. Yes. It happens every single year, Haley. It's, a, it's like, you know, watching the flowers bloom or watching the foliage in upstate New York in the fall time. That's what it is. It's it's very it's very fascinating. I I will say that. Well, so but. save your anger when every poll. The closer it gets, all of these people will just convince yes. themselves. You know what? Texas is a top ten team, and <laughs> put them above your Aggies. And especially, um, you know, people. If you're listening, we're gonna keep the show going. Uh, we're gonna have a little bit of a hiatus, but we'll be back for spring ball. So I'm remembering this moment, Tyler, because it's gonna be spring ball. The second they get spring ball rolling, all eyes are on Texas, and that's when they're really going to creep in. And I would not be surprised if Texas is a top six team. I like it. I wouldn't be surprised if they're top five. I I will fully say I don't agree with it at all. I don't think it's right. But for whatever reason, it happens. People love doing it. And the reason I say top six is because the strongest consensus out there is that Oklahoma will be a top three team. So they're not going to put them above OU. So that's why I think they'll be top six range. Well, like you said, I think we're going to put together our own top 25 because clearly I agree with you. I think leaving A&M out of the top 10 and just having Georgia as number one. Folks, have we learned nothing about Georgia the past couple of years? Apparently not, Joel. We should come up with our own. We'll do a deep dive on what we think will probably be the top 25 teams. And like Miami being there – it, there's just so much spec, like just. I think there's going to be a lot of stock putting into guys that return. I think when you have yeah. a De'Aaron King that's coming back to Miami, but Brevin Jordan, but Brevin Jordan's going, so the balance there is. I don't know. They're, look, they're looking at quarterbacks. Uh, Sam Howell at UNC, Brock Purdy at Iowa State, Spencer Rattler coming back at OU. 
And, you know, DJ Uyunglele at Clemson, yep. DJU is, of course, going to have Clemson probably number one, two, or three in every single poll you look at. Exactly. I mean, that's just the reality Except of the situation. Except Joel Katz, he has Clemson at a mighty number five. Well, that's low for Joel and the Tigers. That's the lowest they've been in years. Um, there, there is one thing you touched on earlier in the show, Haley, of we have to change college football. It has to evolve. It has to get better. It, it, we've talked about at length that it, the playoffs have to expand, that at least non-conference games that we have need to be premier non-conference games, every single one. Not Texas LSU play each other, and then they right. both go back home to play like Rice in North Texas. Like, no. It right. needs to be every conference. But there's also an issue that college football has, and your Aggies have, and my Longhorns have. A lot of teams have this problem. Alabama, Clemson, and Ohio State combined have more playoff appearances than everybody else in the country. They, those three teams, have won the national championship every single year of the playoffs except one last year. And that is why nobody tuned in for this national championship game. If we've learned anything this season with the rises of the Coastal Carolina and the Cincinnati's and the Liberties, you know, you look at your final AP Top 25 that came out, eight teams were from group of five. That's a big, That's massive. big number. That doesn't compared happen. To, that doesn't happen. No. And even, even, you know, giving credits to your BYUs, like this was an unprecedented year for their group of five. And they really proved, hey, we belong to be in these conversations. And they really showed and exposed college football for what it is. It, they, they give more praise and more accreditation to these blue blood programs. And, you know, it really even drives it further home when I'm sitting here looking at these way too early top 25s, every single national outlet, including Joel Klatt, has Clemson, Oklahoma, Ohio State, Alabama, and Georgia. Same Those old, five blue bud programs that, yes, when you, when you look at things like recruiting and money and conference, it, it makes sense, but that doesn't make it right. And I think that's the biggest problem that we're facing here. And I think we need an expanded playoff to let some of these other guys get in. And I know that there's, you know, there's people out there that will argue and say, well, if you do that, then you're likely looking at letting three SEC teams in, two ACC teams, two big 12 teams, you know, like that's what you're looking at. But also you're still at least letting the little guy shoot their shot and take a swing and get in and make and make some ripples and make some waves. And by doing that, you also have more fan bases involved because that's, that's the problem with this. No one cared to watch Alabama and Ohio state. We, they didn't. I mean, nobody cared. Yeah. And it, when it comes to Ohio state fans, they're probably the least liked fan base in college football. Right now. Across absolutely. the board, across right the board. Now, Obviously yes. if you're a Bama fan or an Auburn fan, you hate each other, but just right. general, we all dislike the Buckeyes. Right. Like I tuned in more so to watch Ohio state get pummeled than I did to watch Alabama win. Right. So, <laughs> and, yeah. but like, but it is like our system is broken and I really, really hope that there are some serious decisions made about how we can fix that because you know, these companies, these TV, these TV outlets and those types of contracts, those vendors are not happy that not only this year did you lose money could you not have as many fans at the national championship game but when you come down to losing tv viewership that is big that's when you gotta we like we like saying it you gotta look under the hood and figure <laughs> out what's broken so you could fix it and i think the first way to address it is by expanding the college football playoff 
I don't disagree with anything. I, I hope you are right. We have talked about before, and I firmly believe, like you just hinted at, that when the money starts changing and that gets affected, then they yep. start making real change. And yep. I think that's the case. The lowest watched national title game in decades. That's yeah. a problem. I don't care who you are. It doesn't matter COVID-wise. Right. That's an issue. And right. I think it's right. I think it's, it's twofold. I think you do expand the playoffs, but it's also a call. Like I was saying to the Texas, to the Texas A&Ms, to the other schools out there, to the Michigans, Texas A&M, you will make it to the playoff when you beat a playoff team, when you right. beat Bama. Texas gets into the playoff if they beat OU. That's how it works. Michigan, you beat Ohio State, there's your road to the playoff. So for those schools, for Texas A&M, I know you were upset with getting left out of the playoff this year, but your playoff was in week two, and that's just going to be the case going forward. It's the same for Longhorn fans, it's same for Auburn and Alabama, it's everybody. That's right. your playoff. It can be right. both things. So you're hoping that those, those schools take notice. Jim Harbaugh apparently seems to be the guy at Michigan to get that done. Like yep. I said. What Sark, is it? His extension to 2026? I think 2020, I yep. With it's incentive laden to where if he does not meet certain requirements, he ain't getting that money, which obviously, right. I mean, yeah, you got to put that on him. And, you know, Sark Haley, he had three Heisman finalists. You know what? I think Texas might be a top three team. Now that I think about it, <laughs> Sark is so smart. He's long, oh my God, Texas is about to be back. It's unbelievable. It's going to be great. Wow. You've done a full, not, you haven't even done a one, you did a 180 for most of this for most of the season, and now you've just come back 360. I was the first one to say it was going to be Sark, not Urban Meyer. I've been on the Sark train since day one. That's how I'm writing it. I hate Texas. There you it's go. That's your story, and you're sticking to that's it. That's my story. The Longhorns, they're so good. But I agree with you. <laughs> I, I hope that's the case. I would love to see the playoffs expand just to give people a shot. Because here's the thing. If Alabama's still going to be the team to beat or Clemson or Ohio State, you're tuning in if that's Coastal Carolina versus Bama. You're tuning in if that's Indiana. You're tuning in if it's Cincy. Right. You know they're going to get killed, but, man, maybe they got a shot. And what? how cool would that be? Yeah. So, Everybody loves an underdog story. We'll see. Nobody loves A&M, apparently, especially Joel Klatt. I can't help you there. Joel Klatt does not like Texas A&M. I, I, can't, I can't deny it. I, I, it's – yeah, I, I can. I don't want to. I hate giving an Aggie any valid points, right? <laughs> I don't. It's against my nature. You might have something there. You might have something there that's worth exploring. It it was so wildly obvious that I was waiting for a follow up tweet to say, "Oh my bad, I meant to put Texas A&M here." Because there's been situations when he just overlooks the team, and in this situation, he just not only chose to overlook A&M, he just chose to say hey, I still don't think you're worth a damn. He's, he, he's not a fan. I mean, he's a Colorado guy. He played in the old Big 12. He played against your Aggies. So I guess there's, there's bad blood there. There's I don't know. clearly bad blood. So, something went down. I'll have to go back and check my notes. He loves Texas, and Texas was the team that basically ended his playing career in the Big 12 championship game and knocked him cold out of a game. Never understood the love for it, but whatever. Oddball. Yeah, maybe that's more of a respect thing. I have no idea. Um, but speaking of respect uh, to our fans, thank you guys so much for listening to the show all year long. We've been up, picking up new ones along the way. Had Ned reach out to you and I during the national championship game on Twitter saying, I just found this show, but I'm so glad I did. <laughs> uh, Ned, we're going to keep doing the show. As Haley said, we're going to yep. roll on through. Um, do you want to, uh, do you have the dates by any chance or kind of the, 
We don't have the dates. A little yet, bit of a rundown. A little bit of a rundown. But, yeah. So guys, if you're going to keep following and listening with us, I know college football is done, but technically college football never sleeps. So we're going to keep the show going next week. We're going to look like we said take some wild swings at some crazy predictions for 2021 going to do our own little love and justice on that as well as talk about you know some players to keep an eye out for going into 2021 and then the following week uh we're going to highlight and kind of get our last nod out to the seniors the guys that we won't see coming back or the guys that are leaving college football for good to take their journey to the nfl and specifically looking at the senior bowl which is saturday january 30th for those of you that don't know the senior bowl is kind of the last chance or a really good opportunity for a lot of seniors that played through their senior year in college. They get invited to the Reese's Senior Bowl, which gives them a lot of exposure, interviews with NFL teams, and it's kind of their first step towards that NFL journey. Great, great, great opportunity for a lot of guys. Both Sam Ellinger and Kellen Mond will be there as well as so many other players. So we'll be talking about that and, yeah, just kind of sending these guys off right. I think, you know what, my first prediction of the year is that Sam and Kellen are going to be good friends at the Senior Bowl. I feel like they probably are good friends. They'd make a good buddy cop movie, I feel like. <laughs> they would never win Best Picture because they can't win championships, but it'd be a damn good movie, and there'd be they're Reese's both, in it. They're both homegrown Texas boys, so they did know, they good things. respect each other for that. They did good things. They did. Two, two of my favorites, for sure. So, yep. Is Buddy Johnson going to be there before we get out of there? Um, I haven't seen, but he did officially decide to depart and go to the NFL. So Buddy Johnson is no Damn. longer fighting Damn Tech Saggy. Man, he was good. That's a good linebacker. Yep. True linebacker, you could say. He needs to go to the Steelers. Buddy Johnson <laughs> is a Steelers name right there. That's what I want to see. Hey, let's be honest. They could have used the help on Sunday night. Oh my God. Ohio. Holy shit. <laughs> Baker Mayfield. Wow. Browns yeah. are going to Browns. That, that happened. Do they have any shot? But, I know this right. is not a college football show, but do they have any shot against KC? I will never say never because any given Sunday, but I think it'll be interesting. I mean, think back. We are a college football show. Think back two years ago, two, three years ago, when Baker, the Baker Mahomes first showdown yep, when they were at right. OU and Texas Tech, one of the highest scoring most yards games in Big 12 history. So maybe, I mean, I hope we get a repeat of that. That would be fun. And then not only that, Kareem Hunt running back for the Cleveland Browns is going now against his former team former who team. released him this offseason. So he's going to have a lot of drive for that game. I mean, it could get spicy. That's, that's going to be a fun one. I'll tell you that. It is. It is. You got the Chubb master over there, just a bowling yep. ball beast running back from Georgia. My goodness. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, anyways, yes. Thank you guys. You're the best. Haley, you're the best. I'm excited to see what you have on your top 25 next week. And yeah, that's what we're going to have to work on this Saturday because we officially are out of college football. But Saturday you got divisional games in the NFL. So football is not over we yet. That. We got that. That's good. And remember guys, Head to bed online. All your betting needs for this weekend. Bring it at home. That's excellent. All right, let's get out of here. All right, bye guys. If you want to talk to me on Twitter, Haley One Graves Two. Instagram, Haley Graves with two S's. And if you want to talk to me, tweet at Haley. <laughs> It'll get to him. All right, thanks everyone. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.